the year 2020, I started a podcast about movies. Some episodes occasionally focused on other media as well. As I dealt with threatening interdimensional beings, I eventually met my other self from another universe where all the stuff I talked about got delayed. As it turns out, the stories as me and my guests described them were presented very differently in that other universe. So I continued podcasting these recaps, which apparently sound like improvised reviews, to entertain listeners of that other universe while they waited for the new release dates. Some episodes even focused on content of years past that did not come out in that other universe for whatever reason. The year is 2022. The podcast is now bi-weekly, unless stated otherwise. My name is Steven Schinder, and you're listening to Delayed Replay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay, that podcast where we talk about movies that got delayed in that other universe but came out on time in our universe. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Schinder, and joining me for this particular episode, talking about Minecraft the movie, which just came out on March 4th, where we are. Uh, he's never been on the show before, but I've known him for somewhat of a while now. Like, we talk about Sonic and all sorts of things with our friends. Um, it, it is Callum. Uh, how are you? I, I don't know if you wanted me to say your last name as well. But... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Callum's fine. Um, just got out of seeing seeing Minecraft the movie, and it was an experience which we we'll get into. But yeah, um, I'm doing good. Uh, of course, in of course, Sonic comes out. Sonic Two comes out in a few weeks, which is very hype. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited to get into this movie because it's it's um a big project by Warner Brothers, so it's interesting to see how they handled it. I feel like Warner Brothers has been, uh, it, they've been kind of addicted to these sort of meta movies, that, but we'll like get into that. So I guess first off, like what have been your experiences with Minecraft, the game, like the franchise before seeing this movie? I, I played a lot of Minecraft in my teenage years, like, um... During like 2014 to 2016, played Minecraft basically nonstop with my friends or on over Xbox, just uh, just just playing a lot of it, doing survival, making different mini games, and of course with Minecraft, there's the massive side of it through YouTube. Like there's so many Minecraft Let's Players, which I also watched a lot of. So like Minecraft was a massive part of my teenage years, like playing a lot of it, watching a lot of it, and yeah, it was just one of those games that kind of took the world by storm almost, and. Even in like 2020 and 2021, 2022, it's got a re- like a resurgence with people playing it again and stuff like that. It feels like one of those timeless games that never really goes away. It's a game that feels like it's from, because of the graphics, right? It looks like it's from a long time ago, but it's still very playable. I kind of like how the aesthetic is for that one Jackbox game, Survive the Internet. I have like a little bit of a familiarity with minecraft back in high school um i went to high school like 2009 to 2013 Uh, i had a few friends in art class who would like goof around playing minecraft on the computer instead of doing actual work in the class and so that's how i became kind of aware of it and my cousin's friend i think also like played minecraft and while my cousin's daughter's was like okay she's like zombies and so like i've seen other people play minecraft um i think a couple of college roommates even so yeah like hearing the idea of a minecraft movie like before seeing this i was like how are they gonna do it and like hearing that there'd be live action in it it was like oh that sounds horrifying but i also really want to see what that looks like yeah so like so like a funny similar to you, I remember being in year eight, so uh so uh I was twelve, so I feel like seventh grade for you guys. So I think if I remember correctly, your 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 grades are, are one below our years. 
So yeah, like year eight, I was 12. I remember someone talking to me in English class about Minecraft and I would go home, I got the game and I played it and it was just like from there, it just kind of took me by storm. But yeah, hearing about a Minecraft movie was interesting. But then when I think back to hearing about the Lego movie, and I was also kind of confused by that because I was like, well, Lego is a thing. How do you do with it? But then that was just a film set in a Lego world. Obviously, it has different elements to it, but I was very much confused when I heard a Minecraft movie because Minecraft doesn't it has a story, but the story is not really that important to it. And then you hear it's going to be live action. I'll admit I was skeptical at best going into this <laughs> film. With the Lego movie, I didn't really feel like it would be too much of an issue because i had seen some star wars lego specials beforehand and so i figured okay they'll do something like that but feature length and i thought it was cool how with the lego movie it wasn't just cgi um it looked like they used a lot of stop motion so it looked more real um but yeah warner brothers has had movies like that and space jam ready player one where there are all these like crossover elements i guess you could say and i think there's a bit of that in this minecraft movie as well which uh, i guess is kind of a trend and warner brothers is just going where the money is i suppose yeah like it was it was really interesting there was a particular scene in the film we'll get into that i found really kind of was one of those things which was like kind of the right part of meta which i kind of enjoyed as like a little I enjoyed his little touch on it. But um, I do want to ask you, what did you think of the choice to have Chris Pratt play the main character? <laughs> yeah, that felt like... Uh, what, like, okay, there, there's the con- controversy that he's voicing Mario in some upcoming movie. But yeah, it felt like Chris Pratt was just... Like, they didn't even try. They just went with someone they thought would be an easy choice, you know, the everyman type of thing. And, yeah, I I just, I I mean, look, I I like some of the things he's been in, but it feels like they didn't try hard enough to search for someone. It felt like they were just getting Lego movie actor all over again, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because with Chris Pratt, I personally can only see him as... um... Star-Lord from Guardians. But obviously he's been in so many other things. Like he, were, yeah. he, like he was in Onward and stuff with Tom Holland and stuff. But like, it just yeah. feels like it, they're obviously going for the marketable star-making performance. Which, But like, he wasn't terrible. Like, I, I would have preferred a, you know, like, so, like someone I didn't associate with other things. But, you know, he was better than he was in Onward. I'll give him that. <laughs> Yeah, I quite liked Onward, so I, I guess, I don't know, maybe we have different perspectives, but yeah, it, it did feel like there was a little shout-out to Parks and Recreation, that TV show Chris Pratt was in a while ago, when he's, like, just walking around in this Minecraft setting, and he falls into a pit where people are digging. Like, that feels to me like a throwback to Parks and Rec Season 1. I, I didn't catch that because I haven't seen Parks and Rec, but that is very possible. And, and honestly, that, that's pretty cool. And um, and I, I also like that they actually had Chris Pratt make the Minecraft sound effect of getting hurt when he did that. Like the, oh, like I, I think that that's actually cool that they included that in in there after he, uh, after he fell in that hole. Parks and Rec, the first season is kind of a tough watch because it's very obviously trying to be the u.s version of the office but worse but like after you get like the past the first 12 episodes i'd say like once they're out of the pit like they're it's basically better quality and good sailing after that but yeah what'd you think of the blocky look of the characters in this live action movie oh see this is what i was the most worried about right because minecraft has such a a a key aesthetic to it like the blocky nature and i i was kind of worried of how they were going to nail it in a live action movie and while there were some things that didn't look the best like didn't look like they were out of like straight out of minecraft it it looked okay for the most part like um when they traveled to the to the never later in the film i thought like that looked really cool and really captured the aesthetic of minecraft however 
yeah, like when they were in the the cityscape, I I thought that was like a little, like it was a little hard to like make everything look perfectly blocky. But um, yeah, I think I think it was done better than I expected. I guess. Yeah, like I do agree that the settings look pretty on point. It's just that some of the character designs are kind of horrifying to the point where they've kind of become memes, I guess you could say. Well, yeah, the issue was they tried to make, like, they tried to recreate some of the famous skins from Minecraft, and to do that, they had to be very basic with the looks, which was kind of hard to capture with real people or onto, like, onto actual bodies. And then and then you had the part where you had, like, the YouTubers in their own Minecraft skins filming yeah. a video which was just like, I appreciate the meta of it, but also it's kind of weird to see like, like Captain Sparkles in a pirate outfit or like, uh, or things like that. That got kind of, that was like, that was pushing the brink of two meta. But at the same time, I kind of appreciate they went that distance to have that like be a little Easter egg in, in, in the film. Like with the YouTubers, it also reminded me of Free Guy, which even though it's not, warner brothers they did get ryan reynolds to do a cameo in this and it's like oh he's definitely supposed to be guy from free guy that's kind of funny i guess <laughs> yeah and i mean ryan reynolds is 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 good to be in this movie because he literally is the human embodiment of a block man how jacked he is so, <laughs> like i mean it was a good touch how how do you think this compares to other video game movies like like in recent years i think we've had a resurgence in video game movies being better than their usual uh usual hand they're dealt like detective pikachu was like pretty good if nothing special i personally really enjoyed the first sonic film so i feel like video game movies are getting better so how do you think minecraft sits in that so that's a good question because the common issue that we've run into with video game movies is that the adaptations tend to be terrible. Um, one example is like the Super Mario Brothers movie from the early 90s, which even though it's a fun guilty pleasure watch, it's fun to watch with friends and laugh at some of the stuff. It definitely fails as an adaptation of the game. It's like, what the hell is this? What's going on? Um, and we have had really good video game movies in the past few years, but sometimes they're movies about video games as opposed to movies based directly on specific video games. Like we've had the Jumanji movies, uh, Free Guy, Ready Player One, and th they've done well. I, I mean, I guess we've also had like Uncharted and Tomb Raider movies, mixed feelings about some of those, but... Yeah, like this one, for me, it kind of sits, I, I don't know, like I feel like it, it does capture some of that Minecraft aesthetic. And this is for, coming from a, someone who has like just a surface level understanding of what Minecraft is. And so I feel like they did like a lot of work with like how it looks and whatnot, but the story at some points felt kind of generic although there were like some interesting bits here and there so i guess for me it kind of sits in the middle where i'm not sure if it's like completely bad or if it's somewhat good like i guess that's something i'm hashing out and we'll figure out by the end of this hopefully yeah i agree that it kind of sits in the middle because like for me when you look at bad video game movies i look at doom from like 2005 of just a like a really pointless video game adaptation, uh, but like this, this has some merit to it. As you said, the aesthetics really good. The story I kind of struggle with because when you look at Minecraft, there is a story. The, the developer famously only added a story to Minecraft, so there was a definitive end point. But the core of Minecraft is about creativity and about how there isn't a story. And they do touch on that. They do touch on that theme of creativity in some ways in this plot. But also, I think they went a very kind of safe way with the, with the rest of it, in kite, which kind of takes it down a bit for me. So I I would agree it's kind of in that middle middle period middle tier, and maybe we'll get a better idea of it as we talk through the plot. 
Yeah, Chris Pratt's character, um, whose name escapes me at the moment, um, it's probably some generic name, and I'm I just mean, forgetting it. But... I mean, they named him after the main Minecraft guy, right? He's just called Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, really ironic that I forgot that, but yeah, I may know, may right? maybe I just didn't want to be associated with that. I don't want Chris Pratt playing me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like he... He's kind of this uh, generic character who, like, like he doesn't want to mine. He wants to be a doctor. And he kind of goes on this quest that, like he said, feels very safe. Like, like, I feel like it's kind of by the numbers. And, yeah, I don't know, like, what more could they have done with this to improve it? Um, See, I, I really enjoy that element of it because, because there's so many different roles in Minecraft, like the game itself. There's being a builder, there's being a digger, there's being a miner, there's fighting things. And so I enjoyed that core concept of of like most of the people in in the town or city uh Steve, not Chris, Steve lives in, goes on to be miners, but Chris Pratt's character Steve wanted to be a doctor. And at the same time, a a new disease called like Blazeitis has has kind of spawned in the town and He's like, I'm going to cure this. And obviously to do that, he needs blaze rods, which kind of is the whole launch for our adventure. And But like, I kind of wish they explored that whole idea of creativity and what Chris wants to be, rather than just using that as the basis for the adventure. Because from that, this kind of becomes a standard adventure movie of him having to find a way to go to the Never to get the Blaze Rods to cure Blaze-itis. Like, we meet some fun characters along the way, but I feel the core was kind of... The core idea was really good. It's just where they went from it was kind of weak in execution, in my opinion. Yeah, this disease... I'm not sure if I understood 100% like what it does, but one of the characters, at least, gets turned into... Count Orlock from Nosferatu, which I guess is fitting because this came out on that movie's 100th anniversary. But yeah, it's kind of weird. You have like a bit of that horror element in this silly movie. There are even like zombies here and there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really weird because like, yeah, they don't really flesh out exactly what Blaze Itis, I think, was the name of it, does. It just like all we kind of see is the fact that uh, all we kind of see is the fact that like slowly they start like there's just like this whole wing in 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 like the Minecraft hospital and Chris is like Steve's like I'm gonna do this so he sets out on his adventure. The first thing he does is I I did like this part where like he goes he punches a tree for wood, he then makes a crafting table and makes a boat, and as he's making the boat, oh no, it's a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I kind of liked the way they actually showed the crafting table and the crafting process because that was that was a cool touch. But um, yeah, this whole shark scene was, was kind of just was, was you're basically like your paint by numbers uh, kids adventure film kind of scene of a shark where it's basically just like just escaping them. And then and then this new character ends up kind of saving saving Steve. What did you think of the uh, new character we met here? Yeah, this new character was actually played by Steve Carell, who was originally in talks to be in like an earlier version of this movie. So I thought it was funny that they got him involved in this still. But it's also really confusing because you have Steve Carell, but he's not playing Steve. Chris Pratt is playing Steve. Which, you know, it also reminds me of how in Parks and Rec, I found it confusing that there's a character named Chris, but he's played by Rob Lowe instead of Chris Pratt, who's playing Andy. It's like, I wish that the names were reversed. So I guess this is what kind of confused me, like just the names of the characters and the names of the actors. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, and then also like, was, like I also enjoyed the like, like Steve Carell. His character, his character wasn't, Obviously, most known from the Despicable Me series, and I'm just very, very happy we got we got Steve Carell and not one of the minions in this film. <laughs> but yeah, Steve Carell, 
uses a bow and arrow to, to to kill the shark and save Chris Pratt. And then this is kind of when we get our um forgot the word for it now, but our uh, our backstory, our kind of our exposition. There we go, where um Steve Carell's character, who's weirdly enough called Chris. So like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's even more it's even more confusing because you got Yeah, but so Chris Steve Carell tells us kind of the how dangerous the never can be and like this is kind of when we get a backstory about about how hard it is to go to the never and get blaze rods and stuff like that that uh, what did, did you think this exposition set up the kind of danger of the never for people who maybe are less familiar with minecraft as a uh, as a game yeah i i do think it gave people an idea of what to expect I just don't think it needed to last 15 minutes. Like you have this long scene of exposition that you sort of forget what time period you're in and then the flashback ends and they're like, oh, that's right, we're doing this now (laughs) type of thing. Yeah, like we didn't need a mini short film where they had, because this is where Ryan Reynolds turns up. You didn't need to see like Ryan Reynolds playing this, this like jacked adventure where he's like, I am the hero of the world and how he gets how he free guy even he couldn't beat the blaze and he he fails to beat the blaze like you gotta you really gotta like this was a like this was a really big promotion for free guy too I feel like this was just (laughs) a massive promotion for free guy too like like this whole scene of Ryan Reynolds like fighting through the blaze rods to eventually eventually dying to them and succumbing to blaze itis like i i know like this was a really weird deal from warner brothers to allow this 15 minute set piece in their own movie yeah it, it was also weird when sonic but with a minecraft skin showed up and like he looked at himself and was like well it, it still looks better than the first trailer of my movie <laughs> Yeah, that is that is true. I mean, I mean that they're, they're just firing shots at everyone right now. Like, and to be fair, it did. Blocky Sonic is better than creepy weird smile Sonic <laughs> with the teeth. That that was yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in the minority in that I kind of wish the movie had come out with that original design, but I just love chaos, I guess. Yeah, see, see, I, I would be like that if it wasn't Sonic, because Sonic's like the one thing. It's like, like, like with this film, I kind of wish it was worse in a way. Like, I kind of wish it looked like the blocky nature was slightly more unhinged, but they did a pretty good job of it. Of course, after this, this 15-minute long scene of just Ryan Reynolds <laughs> fighting Blaze with Sonic randomly there. And then, like, Shrek shows up? Yeah. <laughs> because because that when Ryan Reynolds is going into the Never, he walks through the wrong portal and ends up in a swamp. And then you get, what are you doing in my swamp there? And then he runs out, like... I, I can't believe they actually got Mike Myers to, to come and do a voice for that. Yeah, they they even licensed the song Accidentally in Love, which, I mean, it was not Shrek 2, but that was a weird choice for this particular scene. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought of, of, of Free Free Guy from Free Guy and Shrek being, like, love partners, but, you know... <laughs> This this is maybe when the film got a little bit too memey for my taste, and that's even for my taste. Like, but after that that three minute long music scene inside this fifteen minute exposition scene, we get a whole thing about Chris Pratt saying how he wants to be a doctor and stuff. While while Steve Carell, who is called Chris, makes him mushroom soup, and then they kind of go to sleep, and that's kind of the end of the first act almost. Yeah. And then they wake up and realize that the mushrooms made them gigantic. And that's when a blocky Super Mario voiced by Chris Pratt shows up. (laughs) Oh no. He's like, here here we go. Chris Pratt. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then, and then for some reason they decide to get blocky Goombas. For Chris Pratt, Steve Carell, 
and also Chris Pratt again to jump on as they as they traverse the meadows on their way to the Never Portal because also uh, Steve Carell has told Chris Pratt where this Never Portal is because Obsidian is like so hard to find so they've got to go through this one portal to get to the Never. It's kind of this long. I, I guess it's not technically a trek since we're not walking, but like it is somewhat of a long journey. And they keep asking, like, "Are we there yet?" And uh, uh, they also do a point where it's being like, "We're never gonna get there," but of course they they eventually get there. And some of the music during this sequence, it kind of felt like it was trying too hard to sort of stand out in what is generally a quiet scene it it just felt kind of out of place to me this score that they used yeah like i felt it was really weird to 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 play changes as we're (laughs) seeing the scene scenery change like it's a great song but like we can see the scenery change as they go from like a desert a desert biome to an ice biome but the song felt really over the top there. Yeah, I kind of would have preferred something that felt like a journey, you know, like sort of Lord of the Rings type for this sequence. But instead they decided to go with changes and it was yeah. just kind of odd. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I appreciate wanting to get an all-star soundtrack for this, which we'll get to later. But like, this was a really weird, weird choice. But then the weird touch of this kind of left me in a stunned silence when when the Minecraft movie of all things decides to touch on globalization and and the like the big business changing the world when we got a Coca-Cola sponsored stadium had been built around the built around the Never Portal. So now Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt and Steve Carell have to break into this stadium to get to the Never Portal, to get to the Never. Like, I did not expect this to turn into a heist movie. Yeah, and heist movies, generally, if the heist is a whole movie, I'm not into it, but if it's a movie where a heist is just a component of it, I sometimes end up enjoying it. This was really weird how they were like, they had to break into the stadium, and it's like... (laughs) Where is this movie even going at this point, you know? Yeah, and to do so, they they disguise themselves as the team's mascot, which for some reason was SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, to be fair, SpongeBob SquarePants is a square, so he fits into the blocky format. Yeah, it's very blocky. But, like, Chris Pratt is now voicing a third animated character in this movie because he's playing Steve inside SpongeBob. So hearing hearing Chris Pratt's voice come out of SpongeBob's mouth just felt weird to me. But um, like hearing Chris Pratt be like, "I'm ready, I'm ready," like it just felt unnatural. Yeah, exactly. They said that as they enter a minecart, the kind of crash through some glass to get to the Never Portal, and eventually we're ready for them to enter the Never as we start our third act. And th- this middle act was probably the weakest of the film for me because it felt. It felt so pandering almost with the scene of Super Mario and Coca-Cola Stadium and SpongeBob and changes. Yeah, and like in the stadium crowd, there was like a lot of Easter eggs. Like you can see like Looney Tunes characters and you see the Iron Giant and like some Ready Player One characters. Like basically Warner Brothers is just like all in on this metaverse idea. Yeah, it was it was a really weird choice to have Scooby Doo, Shaggy, Fred, and Daphne there, but not Velma. Like, why not include Velma? What the yeah, hell is Velma? Well, what was up with that? That was weird. Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that was that was weird. But um, yeah, this this Warner Brothers metaverse thing is like, I mean, did you also see that before the film? Well, at least in my screening, they were advertising exclusive Minecraft the movie NFTs. Oh, no, I I don't think I saw that. I mean, like, yeah, like, they were advertising, like, an NFT of Chris Pratt, like, with his, like, Chris Pratt uh, standing next to Steve Carell, like, oi, it's us. 
in the blocky world, and I was like, like this is, like this metaverse thing is going too far. Yeah, like because it's a blocky world, they feel like they have to mention blockchain just to be current, and it's like, yeah, what, what even is this movie at this point? <laughs> yeah, this this really feels like a this yeah this. this I, I was just kind of intrigued at this point to see what else, what other weirdness we can get inside this third act. Even though Velma wasn't in this, they still got Linda Cardellini, who played Velma in the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. Like, she had a kind of an important role here. And I thought it was kind of weird that they still couldn't get her to, like, play Velma as well, you know? Yeah, that was that was really weird because as as they as the three as our three lead characters uh come out of the out of the portal, or the, you see um you see them get attacked by like a wave of traps and lava and stuff, and um and Mario actually like kind of dies here, and <laughs> they they try and make this a really emotional scene, with like because he he obviously he shrink he shrinks smaller. Like after the first hit, and then he he dies after the second hit. And what did you kind of think of this kind of death scene for Mario? I thought it was kind of funny how when he was dying, it had that same music that I hear in the original game when you die as Mario. You know where it goes like, and so it was just hard for me to take it seriously. Yeah, I guess. That definitely took the stick out of the tail, but then, as you said, it turns out, um, uh, it turns out uh, Linda Carlini's character is actually a hermit who kind of lives in the Neverworld after they <laughs> they were married to Ryan Reynolds, his character. When they died in the in the in the expedition we saw earlier, it turns out they had left. They had kind of hermited themselves in the Never because they didn't want to face the outside world again. But they kind of they after realizing what happened they kind of take our two main characters in and kind of give them the rundown of of what the never is like and try and basically help them get ready to to uh go and find the blaze rods and like you know get 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 what chris pratt's character needs to cure the blaze itis and become the most successful doctor of of san fran blocks because that was the name of the city for some reason yeah <laughs> and there's also a blocky Pikachu in this scene for some reason. Yeah, like, like for some reason, just like Linda Carly's character has a pet Pikachu. Yeah, <laughs> and like they, they're just there, like just sitting on the table, being a Pikachu. Like, oh, like damn, like the Nintendo crossover. I was not expecting so much of this film. Yeah, and it, it's voiced by Ryan Reynolds again, but it's not speaking actual sentences. It's just Ryan Reynolds saying, like, Pika, Pika all, all the time. Yeah, that felt a weird touch, especially given that Linda Carlini's husband in this film was played by Ryan Reynolds, and also their Pikachu played by Ryan Reynolds. That was a bit of a weird touch, but I guess cutting down on actors to save money? I don't know, like... Yeah, I mean, with the money they're spending on these songs and, like, these crossover things with other studios, like, they had to cut down in some places. That is fair, yeah. So it turns, so, like, it turns out Linda Carter has a, has, like, a mind, has a minecart track in the back of her house, which leads right to the Never Fortress. But, like, she, they, you get the classic, it's too dangerous to do this. And then Chris Pratt, as he used us, goes, oh, I'll do it, and jumps in. And then we get this whole music scene where they have a go, wacky minecart ride. What did you think of, of this this like kind of set piece? I think it literally went off the rails. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, like, it just felt kind of typical, like that indiana jones and the temple of doom kind of vibe um like it, it just felt like it was a set piece there just to sort of speed up the action for a little bit uh, if that makes sense but yeah like it had all these twists and turns and the cards like would like 
almost hit each other. And uh, as like a little tribute to their fallen comrade, Mario, they throw a banana peel at one of the other cards. And surely enough, it works and like it goes off the rails. Yeah, because weirdly enough, these these blaze these blazes, which are flying fiery monsters, which can just fly and throw fire, for some reason have chosen to ride the minecarts. Yeah, that was really weird. That was a weird choice, but I mean, you get the wacky scene of the blaze falling, and then as it does, Chris Pratt sees a blaze rod drop. He's like, "Oh, I need it," but obviously, it falls into the lava, and he can't get it. So. He's got to head the deeper into the uh, to the fortress, and then we get the big twist villain of the film. Oh yeah, like I was really surprised by this, but I guess I shouldn't have been. So the villain is played by Andy Serkis, whom they got to do a lot of motion capture for this movie. Uh, again, they they had him do like a lot of these. Uh, motion capture characters I guess to save money maybe I don't know but yeah like he also plays the villain here which I mean I love Andy Serkis he's one of my favorite actors but it was just I didn't expect to see him at all in this of all movies it was really weird especially because he actually was just a a block a block version of Gollum like yeah but with the um, lava. <laughs> yeah, it turns out Gollum just controls the blaze rods with the with the one ring from Lord of the Rings. Like he controls the blaze with that. And the, the it turns out that ring has the power of Blazeitis. So <laughs> then we get a scene where Gollum just keeps punching Chris Pratt's character down to the floor while they play Chumba One, but I get knocked down. And Chris Pratt just keeps getting back up and getting punched back down. Now, I, I love this that song so much, but it felt really weird to see Gollum just keep throwing punches. And Yeah, <laughs> like he, he's tougher than you would expect here. Yeah. It was it was a really weird scene. But it does it it does add to the iconic soundtrack of this film. Especially when you saw Chumbwamba in the background playing the song as it happened. They were like on a floating platform. Like, it, it gave this scene a really weird mise-en-scene. Yeah, it kind of felt like a music video within a film. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, to be fair, because Minecraft music videos were a big thing on YouTube back in the day. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so the fight sequence goes on, and then Chris Pratt, out of the corner of his eye, sees a piece of bread, and he picks it up, and he, like, hits Gollum in the face with it and to his surprise it like Gollum is like it burns us and it turns out that this is like that elven bread from Lord of the Rings which Gollum really despises yeah see I I have I didn't get that first well I just thought Gollum had a Gollum had a wheat intolerance originally but but now (laughs) you say that that makes a lot more sense and yeah and um basically Gollum falls in the fire and the ring burns, and all of a sudden, all of the blazes just turn into Ryan, different Ryan Reynoldses. <laughs> you had you had Deadpool, you had Free Guy, you had Green Lantern, Green Lantern, you had Detective Pikachu, like you had uh, his character from Blade Trinity, who's forgettable because that movie was bad. <laughs> like yeah, it turns out all the Blazeitis was just. Ryan Reynolds getting turned into different monsters. I wasn't sure what to think of this scene. By this point, I was like, okay, whatever. I guess that's what was happening. I I just felt like this was a really big way to announce that Ryan Reynolds was 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 the new head of 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 Minecraft. Like like this was like I like Ryan Reynolds, but sometimes a film could have too much of one actor. And I felt I felt this ending was was too much of Ryan Reynolds, especially when we got that big that big music scene at the end of Kinder Shrek, where it's just all the Ryan Reynoldses, Andy Serkis, Chris Pratt, and Steve Carell dancing while they all sing a song. Like, like I I realized Shrek made that iconic, and it's but like with just all Ryan Reynoldses, it was a bit jarring to watch. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because like you have the Free Guy shout outs, which is kind of funny because the director of Free Guy, Sean Levy or Levi or however you pronounce it, was originally supposed to direct this Minecraft movie. So it's it's almost like I don't know if it was like a collaboration or if it was like a hey, hey you didn't get to direct this type of thing and just rubbing his face in it. Yeah, like he also did the Night at the Museum movies, but yeah, like there were some Night at the Museum references as well. Like there are some blocky versions of some of those museum characters throughout the yeah, movie. Yeah, they just have the Easter Island head in the background, just chewing gum. And I mean, I, I love Night at the Museum as a kid, and that was amazing. And then, and then, like for the big solo part of the song, Ben Stiller just comes out. Yeah, <laughs> and starts singing, and I'm like. Yeah, this, and, and it, the the Eastern Island head is like saying you are dumb, dumb, and Ben Stiller is like, no, I'm not, and they argue back and forth. Yeah, and and it's like, is this like I know Minecraft came out in 2009, right? So it's technically a thing of the 2000s. But why did this film just try it? Like, apart from Chris Pratt, this film is all about the year the 2000s. Like, <laughs> like this film is like a, a 2000s nostalgia trip. So much so that, like, you wouldn't guess what song they, they play at the end of this. Yeah, that's right. It's Who Let the Dogs Out for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you see, like, some blocky dogs dancing yeah. to it. Scrappy-Doo yeah, so... is there even. <laughs> <laughs> Marmaduke, for some reason, voiced yeah. by Owen Wilson. Yeah, and he looks at Ben Stiller and is like, you look familiar, because like, they've worked together on a lot of things. <laughs> they do the spider <laughs> All the Ryan Reynolds just do the Spider-Man meme. Yeah, they just all point at each other. This yeah, movie well... was stupid, but I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie was directed by Peter Solet, and the only thing I've seen by him was Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which was a nice movie. Uh, but like watching that movie, I I would not have guessed that he made this mess of a silly movie. It's just really odd. And yeah, Allison Schroeder also uh, co-wrote this. Um, I'm trying to see if there's like anything she's done that I might have seen. I checked, and there wasn't something I've personally seen from from her. Oh, apparently she did additional screenplay material on Frozen Two. Ah, uh, um, yes, the peak of filmmaking. <laughs> the Pikachu filmmaking. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> like, th this film to me is one of those films which, like, is it a good film? No. But it's one of those <laughs> films that I just enjoy watching because of how bad it is. Like... I feel like someone must have told them how stupid of a concept the Minecraft movie is. So they decide, f*** it, we're just going to go balls to the wall. And it kind of worked in a weird way. Like, this won't win any Oscars. This probably won a few Razzies. But even so, it, it's one of those films that's kind of so bad. It's kind of good almost. Yeah, I mean, they even throw Lego Batman in the dance sequence at the end. Like... Like, it's Lego Batman, but in the Minecraft aesthetic, it's just weird. Um, like, it goes into end credits, they keep on dancing, and then in the post-credits scene, uh, Steve, uh, Chris Pratt's character, is like, now I can finally be a doctor, and then you see a blocky TARDIS flying in the Doctor Who theme song, and it lands, and he, like, goes inside. <laughs> Um, with the news that Chris Pratt is going to be the Doctor, you're a big Doctor Who fan, Stephen. Well, what do you actually think of that? How do you think that'll be for the Doctor Who franchise? Yeah, I don't think he's actually going to be the 14th Doctor. Like, I feel like that would be... Uh, it, it would be such a step down, I think. Like, you know, Chris Pratt can do all these other characters and whatnot, but... It just wouldn't feel like a step forward for the Doctor Who franchise in my eyes. Like, it just would feel weird. Yeah, that's that's very fair. I uh, So I, I hope it's I hope it's just a joke. <laughs> I, I mean, we'll see. yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see if BBC has also got a hand in this film because <laughs> everyone else does. But what were your what were your final thoughts on this? Just 
epic masterpiece of filmmaking. <laughs> masterpiece of air quotes. I, I guess it's just one of those movies where you're kind of just curious to see how bad it can get. Like, to be fair, it doesn't get quite emoji movie levels of bad, but it doesn't get as good as, like, Wreck-It Ralph, like, e even though there were cameos from, like, those movies as well. But, you know, it's like, it, it felt like this movie was trying too hard, but also not trying hard enough, if that makes sense. Like, it's very paradoxical. It's kind of a push-and-shove type of thing, and the resulting thing is just blocked <laughs> i for me i think it's the fact that there's one reason why this isn't as bad as the emoji movie and that's we got no james corden like i really <laughs> thought he was going to show up i was really worried he was going to show up but we got no james corden and that was fine like this film isn't good but it's 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 fun in a way where it's so bonkers that you're kind of like what am I watching? What 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 drugs have I taken to be on this trip of a film? <laughs> so like mushrooms, <laughs> exactly. Like, and they'll make me big apparently. So like, if I was grading this for quality, it would be like a three or a four. But for enjoyment, I gotta give it a six point five. Ryan Reynolds out of ten. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from, and I think I'm in a similar boat. Like. I'm glad it was made just so we could see how strange it would look. But, like, some of it just felt very generic or, like, it was trying too hard. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned James Corden, because earlier I was wondering to myself, is Chris Pratt the James Corden of America? But, I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, like, overall... I guess it's a guilty pleasure watch, you know, one of those movies to watch with friends, maybe have some shots along the way and some pizza. So I, I guess I'll give this six out of 10 blocky seagulls that repeat the word mine over and over. Mine? Like, yeah, like in that one scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah, obviously, it, they, they, we didn't touch on that, but they tried to do like the, the Jaws thing, dun, 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 with the shark, but instead it was the seagulls going, mine, 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 mine. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't have the same effect as, um, as, is it Jeff, was that Jeff Williams who did, who did? John Williams, yeah. John Williams, yeah. John Williams who did, uh, who did Jaws. It didn't have the same effect, but even so, it was, it was a funny reference. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess we've done it. Uh, this was a movie. People's people have really fiery opinions on this one online in our universe. Anyway, uh, I'd be curious to see if this ever comes out in that other universe because I'm not clear on whether it'll still happen or if it's dead in the water over there. But it's the type of thing I think would be interesting in the other universe, just because the other universe version of me just wants to see what the f they would do yeah <laughs> but like yeah hopefully this can give you an idea of, of the glory of seeing the minecraft movie and what it was like there we have it three episodes into delayed replay season three and we finally talk about a movie that came out this year in our universe so thanks for joining me on this episode callum where can people find your stuff uh, my personal Twitter is at CallumPage2000. I also do a podcast with a couple of folks uh, from across the pond like me uh, about professional wrestling. We also review professional wrestling movies, mostly the bad ones because that's what we have fun doing. Uh, but you could check that out over the at, at the UW podcast. And next week we have a review coming of a really bad film called The Chaperone, which I've got, got to watch soon. And it's f***ing terrible. <laughs> Wow, how many wrestling movies are there? Because the only one that comes to mind for me is Nacho Libre. Oh, it's not. See, see, most of the time it's not movies about wrestling. It's movies with wrestlers in it. Like, oh, um, okay, yeah, like we like we reviewed RoboCop, for example. Well, RoboCop doesn't have wrestler in it, but we reviewed RoboCop because that's got a tie-in to wrestling. We've reviewed The Running Man by Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is a terrible movie, by the way. I do not like <laughs> it. But yeah, we've we we reviewed different films like that. I have to recommend, though, if you ever want a bad horror movie, Santa's Slay from 2005 
Oh, that one is fun. <laughs> that's genuinely, I really enjoy it. It's so fun and it's so stupid. Like, just in case your listeners don't know, I'll hit you with the snops real quick. Santa lost a game of curling 10,000 years ago, which forced him to be nice for 10,000 years. But now the bet is over, so he's coming for revenge. Like, the fact yeah. it's based on curling just kills me. But yeah, um, that that's my stuff. And yeah, um, this was real fun. I, I really enjoyed reviewing this film. It was it was a bit weird going to watch it at nine AM to like get the first screening to get ready for this, but it was a fun watch, I guess. Yeah, Santa's Slay, uh, Sci-Fi and Horror's Sock watched it, and so I watched it, and it really hits the ground running. It's just like it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I I ironically think it's a it's 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 one of those films like this which is so stupid it's kind of good. <laughs> but yeah, right. All right, yeah, so people can go check out uh, all of that. And as for my plugs, people can follow me at Steven Schinder on Instagram and Twitter, Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. You can find my fantasy horror comedy novel, Lemons Will Like Rain. It's on Amazon. More info at stevenschinder.com. And more news to come on the next book, Trespassing Through the Visages, which... I'm aiming to put out in the summer, hopefully, but we'll see. Uh, if you want to email this podcast, you can email delayedreplaypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on, um, I don't know, blocks, like the, <laughs> the general shape, <laughs> just in general. The cube is a pretty good shape. I would put the cube in A tier. It's a solid A tier shape, the cube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also a great game show uh, over here in the UK. I don't know if you have it over in the US, but The Cube's also a great game show. Uh, no, I've only seen the horror movies Cube. The first one is great. The other ones are shit. Um, <laughs> listeners can also find me on the podcast Yes Shift, which I do with my dad. We talk about the progressive rock band Yes and people associated with it. We're going to have Oliver Wakeman, one of their former keyboardists, on the show on March 26th. So we'll be interviewing him on Facebook Live and then putting it out in the feeds. So that'll be fun. And you can also hear me on a recent episode of my friend uh, Dylan and Keon's podcast, Inevitable, a classic sci-fi podcast, where we talked about a ufo episode titled a question of priorities so yeah i guess that's all the plugs so thanks again and without further delay have a good day